0: Jesse, nice oh, yeah. to meet you, by the way. Oh, yeah, this is Dave. Right. You've heard him. Yeah. How's it oh, going?
1: Yeah. I've heard you plenty. This <laughs> is funny. Working Fans Podcast. Cool. Yep. Yeah. All right, here we go. Coming down. Three, two.
2: Welcome back for another week of the Working Fans Podcast. This is AJ. I'm the former wrestler. We've got Dave, the ultimate fan, here with us. As we do every week, our producer, Joe, may, likes to make us sound good and makes us look way more professional than we actually are. As always, you can find us on Twitter. That's at Fans Working. Facebook, Working Fans Pod. We've got email where you can reach out to us and please contact us to let us know what you think of the podcast and for any ideas that you might have that's working fans wrestling pod at gmail.com we're on instagram where you can keep up with us at working fans wrestling underscore pod and then you can now listen to us on all major platforms including anchor.fm we're on google podcasts spotify breaker overcast pocketcast radio public Apple Podcasts, and you can actually check us out on YouTube. Now, it's important when you go onto the Apple Podcasts and YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, let us know what you think so you can help us out, and we can continue to do what we love and bring you guys in as fans.
3: Hey
0: everybody, welcome to the Working Fans Podcast. It's your fan Dave, and producer Joe here this week. Bonus
3: episode for the fans.
0: AJ's out doing something, I don't fucking know.
3: (laughs) Doesn't mean he doesn't love you, he's just not here. Just not here. (laughs) He's like your dad, he went out for cigarettes. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully he comes back.
0: No promises. Speaking of screw-ups,
3: things we did last week. (laughs) (sighs) We
0: put out, well we didn't put out. A five three one last week. We're not doing one this week either, folks. But we're gonna explain <laughs> why we didn't do one last week.
3: We got fire this week. Last week we just fucked up, and we yeah. didn't realize that what we record on we had an hour limit. Yeah. So we were going hot, as you will hear the five three one cut off before the ending.
1: Yep.
3: So you're gonna have to watch it on YouTube. And we'll explain it. Yeah. Year. There'll yeah. there'll be a little note on the YouTube video about what happened, where it finished up, but. We just didn't want to put in half of the segment for you guys. Right. And so we'll have it up on the YouTube channel. So if you like listening to us,
0: bitch, fuck around and talk aimlessly.
3: <laughs>
0: You'll love that. On YouTube exclusive. All right. So, fan talk. Or, as I like to call it, Zach and Jesse. Because they're basically the ones that message us. Besides you, Randy, I know. We didn't get anything from you this week. Randy's
3: in the Jimmy Evans folder right now. Like, (laughs) big fans. But we got to feature the Young Lions here. So we've had a couple good questions come in. And we just wanted to talk about it. And we're putting it out as a special Tuesday episode. Because we also have an interview with Jesse from New Hampshire. And Thursday ahead of the nwa hard times pay-per-view we have two major interviews and then we have our own thoughts about the upcoming pay-per-view so keep an ear out for that coming at you thursday yeah.
0: special tuesday episode we promised joe was only like a little buzz he wasn't too fucked up jesse i don't know i wasn't there anyway <laughs>
3: let's talk about what they what they got for there's gonna him, so. be some artful editing because some shit was said <laughs> But getting to Zach's question first, mm. Dave, uh, what did Zach ask you
0: about I had a couple things, but one of the things, the big thing we're talking about with all these guys this week is AEW booking, and Zach in particular was asking about Omega. He wants the best bout machine back, because right now he feels like Kenny Omega is just a guy. Now, I, I hear what he's saying. Like, right now, I don't feel like when I watch AEW that I think, oh, That's Kenny Omega. God damn it. I got to see Kenny Omega. You know, it's just kind of like, he is kind of just there. I think they're going slow with Omega's build. I do think they have a plan for him in the future. I guess right now it's like it's Mox's turn with Jericho. And maybe Mox is going to win the title. And they're going to go back to Omega Mox. Because remember, that match they had was unsanctioned. And they really kind of, were visiting Omega after the loss and everything, too, and how hard Kenny took it. So, I don't know. I I don't have a good answer. So
3: you think it's because he's waiting on a championship opportunity?
0: Yeah, I do think it's something down the road. However, like, if you're looking for that best bout machine right now, I don't think he's going to be booked like that, like, maybe in the next few months, but, like, it definitely, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I do want that guy back. But I just have this feeling we're not going to get him back necessarily right away.
3: When he was in between title programs in Japan, did he ever have these dull moments, would you say? Was he ever missing over there? Because I think the answer for why you don't have the best bout machine is simple.
1: Mm. Gato
3: is not booking him anymore. Right. And if you pay any attention to New Japan booking overall, if you don't, first off, Watch Wrestle Kingdom, watch the Naito double title win, and then watch the last two years of New Japan programming where Naito came close to getting that spot, didn't get the Wrestle Kingdom headlining match last year. Didn't get the Wrestle Kingdom headlining match the year before. Okada's been the champion for however long, and he has had a dominant reign, and I think that's all because of the booking. I'm not saying AEW booking is bad, mm. but they are new to it. And they're, Gato's been booking for how long? Right. And he is a master at telling stories. So I think that's where you get the difference between the Omega that we've come to love over these years and the Omega now. Maybe they're holding off on booking him. Maybe that run he's going to have against Moxley will be major. But I think the major difference is just who's doing the booking. True. And
0: i also throw this out there for you, too. New Japan runs, what, once a month?
3: Yeah, once a month, depending on the season. Mm -hmm.
0: Long time booking, longer matches. This booking AEW does, it's based off weekly television and allowing so much time. It could be the
3: difference in styles, too. Wrestling all that time in Japan and then coming over here.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: I don't know. I guess we're really going to... Yeah, it could be, uh, there's a factor, there's a number of things that factor into this, I'm trying to say, mm-hmm. and...
0: I would say hang in there for Omega fans. I don't think, I don't think you know, basically he's in AEW just to be a regular guy. He might not be where you want him right now, but I think that he's going to get there.
3: True, right. I I hope so.
0: Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Right, I don't know. And the end, maybe he's going to
3: fuck Yeah, in. I know we're near an expert, so yeah. I don't want to start commenting mm-hmm. on this is exactly why these things are happening, but... Watching from afar, I happen to like the way New Japan stories are structured, laid out. They seem to play out well. Hmm. To me, that's maybe the thing. But it's also an upstart company. You are dealing in an American style. Hmm. Could be anything.
0: We're going into Zach's question here. His other question. He thinks, more of a statement, he wants our opinion on it. He thinks that it would be awesome to see the revival, Harper, and uh, Matt Hardy in AEW. Now, to be fair, too, I want to point this out, too. Zach isn't like some WWE hater or something. He just thinks that these guys would have a great impact at AEW compared to what they're doing now. I 100% agree with that. I want to tie this into something we weren't necessarily talking about, but you probably heard AEW just got an extension with TNT. I believe there's talk they might have another TV show.
3: They're adding another show
0: yes. on, yeah. So to kind of pull that all together, is this something they're going to need eventually, too? They're going to have to grab even more stars. Or do they have enough stars right now And not to get away from Zach, too. Also, what do you think that, you know, these guys could do for the promotion?
3: Well, before they get to having enough stars, they have enough wrestlers. They don't have enough stars.
0: Fair, right, fair, right.
3: And that's going to lead into one of Jesse's questions later. Mm -hmm. But you're going to need bodies with more shows. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows? It's still up in the air what this is going to look like. Could these be the matches from Dark going mm. to the TV show, and maybe Dark would start pulling more of a being the elite type vibe? I don't know any details. That's just brainstorming. Who Stormain are the off
0: stars? The top. Who are the stars of AEW in your opinion?
3: Jericho, Cody, MJF, Mox. Yeah. Oh.
0: I think you hit it. I don't those, think those
3: are the tops. Like yeah, anything I mean... else after that, you would have to start. I would think debating their level of stardom, mm-hmm. the Dark is getting some time, proud sure. and powerful Santana and Ortiz getting yeah. some time. Omega
0: and Bucks are there too, but like, I just think like, you know.
3: It, that's a weird thing because I think being the owners of the company, they don't want to book themselves in too high a role, right. which could also lead into problems with Omega's booking but not wanting to stick out. But
0: Cody's on fire still. Cody Rhodes, he doesn't give a fuck. This is promo. Dusty <laughs>
3: would have put himself in the same spot. But to get more on uh, what that, yeah, getting back a, to the question. Yeah, I would say. Well, when you're looking at this list. First off, the revival. There's two issues you got to look at. Harper has already been released from his contract. Yep. So that's less fantasy booking. Right. The revival right. and Hardy are still tied in, even though I believe both are rumored to want to leave their current deal. Yeah. Or not to not want to renew once it's over.
0: One thing Cody said that actually, um, I believe it was Yeah, they were asking him a potential people he'd like to have. And he mentioned Harper. Like, Harper's a guy he's talked about.
3: And that's surprising because of the people on this list, I would say Harper's the least exciting to me.
0: Mm. Well, I mean, me, I'm not
3: saying he wouldn't fit in, but I mean...
0: To me, the money match is the Revival in the Bucks. Before they get there, if they're going to get them, I would get the tag belts on the Bucks, and then I would have the Revival destroy these guys and then fucking lead into some big payoff match because yeah. this is something people have wanted to see from
3: yeah while. that would be a rivalry that would go on and i've heard hardy as being rumored to come in to be the leader of the dark order that hasn't been shown yet and if you could mm. combine the dark order with matt hardy's broken universe or his input mm. i think that would take the dark order up and out of the position they're in now Not that those two guys are bad, but I don't know that they're necessarily the figureheads that you want to launch something off Mm. of. And obviously, they've had a hard time getting it off the ground with those.
0: One thing about Hardy is I think he likes to reinvent himself, too. So I I don't know, a lot of people want to see him bring the broken universe in, but I wonder if he'd do something almost completely different. I would be
3: down for that, too, as Mm. long as it's the free reign that he got in Impact to create that broken universe. I would like to see that energy go into the dark order, and I think that could turn things around. 100%. And the only other thing I would say, the only other hiccup and hurdle is,
0: too, because Hardy brought that broken slash broken universe to WWE, I don't know what's copyrighted now and what WWE owns and doesn't own anymore.
3: I would think the fact that you used it before WWE, mm-hmm. and it was the broken universe, and then the stuff that happened in WWE was under the woken universe, Yeah, I would think if you're trying to argue ownership, mm-hmm. that could be that dividing line, right? because it's not like you can take Hardy's backyard from him, mm-hmm. you can't take Hardy's garage where he's got the ring from His him. father-in-law,
0: his wife. His exactly, kids. Yeah. like,
3: mm-hmm. these are all people that I would like to think there was some kind Kind of, mm-hmm. you know, kind of work in there. And I would actually like to go into, this fits perfectly into Jesse's first question. Mm. Technically his second question, but you guys don't know how the fuck we got it written down. <laughs> None your business? Jesse basically said that if AEW wants people to know who their wrestlers are, there should be more intricate backstories and promos. Mm-hmm. I mean And I'm not, why not saying there's not, but I think their method of storytelling is so different. Sure. Where you have to be watching Being the Elite. Yes. You have to watch AEW Dart. The Road. You to to series. gotta watch the Road to series. You gotta watch Dynamite. Mm-hmm. And it's all that multimedia landscape we're in now where not everything's gonna be on the TV show for you. A lot of people pick their stuff up from social media. Yeah. So you're getting the YouTube, you're getting the instagram you're getting all these different mm-hmm. areas for people to spread their attention to get the whole story
0: you ever watch the rest of development i know it's left field but
3: i have yes yeah.
0: okay so they would try to play towards their hardcore fans almost like with jokes sometimes being like kind of set up in season one and they don't even pay off until like season two yeah i feel like that's somewhat with aew like for the people who watch like all the stuff shit pays off for them but if you're just casually watching just dynamite You might miss some things.
3: So I kind of agree with what you're saying here a little bit. But is that a bad strategy? I don't know. It's a new strategy. It's new, right? I mean, Cornette would probably say they're killing the business, but I would argue it's a different way to exist in an emerging platform.
0: And in the ratings, they literally just beat the NBA game that was on last Wednesday. Wow. That sounds pretty good to me.
3: And if you're looking at it, if they get this second show, maybe the storylines get more streamlined. The TV, mm-hmm. who knows what dark becomes? I think they really only have space to grow with what they're doing at the moment. I would say that certain people have gotten amazing backstories. Yeah. Certain people have been just debuted. Mm-hmm. While they've explained the butcher and the blade. I'm a huge fan of them, but I don't think they're getting over to the degree that they can. No. Just because of how things were rolled out. But I don't write TV, I, I just watch it and I'm a fan. But I think the stories could be made a little clearer. Sure. Given that so much of your roster is relatively unknown. That would be
0: something that was even, I was talking to, you hear this guy's name all the time, Steve from Frito this week. And one of his issues too was like with the Nightmare Collective, with Randy and everything, like Luther. He just kind of showed up for the most part. You know, he was in the background with his bald head and a couple things, but then it was basically Excalibur saying, oh, that's Luther, the famous deathmatch guy.
3: And Ah. you would have to listen to Jericho's podcast and that he's a good friend of Jericho, Don Callis, Lance Storm.
0: I mean, yeah, he's not that popular, and basically it just looks like, hey, this guy's got a bald head. Let's throw him in there with this, you know, group of girls who are trying to collect hair.
3: Uh, It was interesting that they did use him to back... Who, who? Brandy? No, who's a fucking Japanese girl that was coming down the ramp this week? She was almost Hikaru Shida. Yes, yes. He was backing up Hikaru Shida because she would have been aware of his death match persona over there, mm. and they used it to kind of get her to show fear before she whooped the shit out of him with a kendo stick.
0: Right. I missed. I saw her beat his ass with a kendo stick. it's one of those little details
3: mm-hmm. that it could be explained better, and it's just mm. not prominent. I'm not saying the storytelling isn't there, but it could be a little more black and white for people. Sure. Sometimes when you're feeding... When you're feeding things to the masses, it has to be the easiest way possible for them to be able to consume Right, but on the flip side
0: of that... But you also have to
3: be a deep fan to know some of these things. The biggest
0: complaint about WWE is they treat us like we're morons. They hit us over the head with stuff constantly. God damn it, that's Bobby Lashley coming out there. Who the fuck talks like that where I gotta know this guy's first and last name all the time? True,
3: but now that we're not getting it as... Who knows? Maybe the WWEs just conditioned us to not be. I would argue it's society in general. Like Mm -hmm. it should be on. I would think almost anybody. Just if you like something get into it, research it. Sure. You might know the periphery. Do the work. <laughs> yeah. But if you're not, that's where the WWE is good, and they just really feed it to you. <laughs> no, I'm just picturing Vince man. They're morons! <laughs> talk to them like they're morons! <laughs> I mean, there's got to be an in-between where sure. you can not necessarily talk to them like they're stupid, but maybe give them the background information they need. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that it's easy to criticize somebody sure. till you're the one doing it, and then you realize, realize oh shit there's a way maybe we could roll this out better i mean i want to go old school on you. i want
0: to work more like the old school wwf days where we would just get video packages of debut and talent constantly coming True. here comes razor ramon and here's like eight skits before he actually gets in where we see this guy I really bullying those days where,
3: mm-hmm. what was the last one they gave us maybe oh, maybe Lars sullivan before the video he put on his own mm-hmm. or or actually, the video he put out on his own came out before yeah. <laughs> but was released.
0: After that's a long story. I think
3: Wyatt was the last one that had promo videos leading up to his yeah, return.
0: I remember that. God, you know, I mean, who at AEW? Liv,
3: they... Liv Morgan actually just recently had. Yeah, it. she did. Cool. It doesn't happen as often as it should.
0: Isn't there someone AEW? Yeah, Wardle had a couple. That was not what I was definitely leaning towards. That's not
3: what you were thinking.
0: No, there was somebody I thought we saw video pack. I mean, I guess the Dark Order is getting, but already debuted.
3: Dark Order, yeah, Dark Order is getting the most ongoing video packages, which right. I've been enjoying. I mean, some weeks they're not as great, mm-hmm. but. I would argue they're that's my favorite part of the Dark Order. is perpetu- actually the segments. <laughs> yeah, they're perpetuating the story of them. Mm-hmm. They're doing it in an artful way, but they're doing it from one group. I like this random Give me the guy. Butcher and the Blade videos. Sure, like, right. I want to see that backstory. Mm-hmm. Shit, even show me background of the Nightmare Collective. Right. That right. would flesh out their characters a little more.
0: Absolutely. Anything else Jesse has
3: for us here? Jesse also wanted to ask... Is everybody being booked like shit except Jericho and Cody? And I want to say no, but at the same time, I can't necessarily argue it. Um, I think there's certain people that are getting more of a light. Jericho, Cody, MJF. I have to throw Mox in there, too. Mox. Yeah. Private Party was getting it early on. I think SCU, they're probably the championships, I'd say, featured the least. Mm -hmm. They are doing character story stuff with scorpio sky christopher daniels like with daniels kind of being out of the group a little more but i think we're just getting used to a new style of booking yeah we've only had wwe for so long Mm -hmm. i think mlw sets a very high bar with how they book these guys they're new to the game and it's they're developing their style
0: I did say, I actually did see something the other day. It was on Facebook, so take it for what it's worth. But the Tony Khan, somebody was quoting from there, has taken more over the reins of creative in the last few weeks. Almost since the infamous Dark Order segment. You remember the uh, one oh, with yeah, the, the with punches? The yeah. And if you look at the the funny thing about that, and I don't put a ton of stock into viewing habits, but that was the... The ratings were pretty neck and neck a little bit. Most of AEW was winning, but they were losing here and there. That was the first show AEW actually lost in all the demographics since apparently Tony's took over creative. If that's true, they haven't looked back, and they've you know it's only two, three, but they've won very impressively. They're beating out NBA games. That being said, we're also getting criticism here too. But I I do think there's some the shows have really been pretty good overall the last few weeks. But there's just been like they've been good, but to hear
3: that Tony Khan took over creative that worries me just on the face of it i mean if he's producing good tv there's not a problem mm-hmm. took him
0: more over the reins i guess you know not completely but like yeah. so
3: almost like are you talking like a mcmahon overlook of things right
0: probably yeah so eh,
3: almost yeah. by doing that it's almost like he's saying that mm-hmm. mcmahon type of system works and maybe you do need a quality control expert at the top
0: right but there is a different, there's still, like, there could be a big difference between... He's
3: probably more understanding with McMahon, and will let something that's less his creation make it out. Right. I, I, we'll I don't know, say. I think it's still an emerging product, and yeah. I don't hate the booking, but I wouldn't say there's a lot I'm necessarily big on, mm-hmm. like, Jesse even said himself that they're just rounding the corner with Mox, and yeah. I'm enjoying that Moxley storyline, Mm-hmm. The tag team division there's good matches it just seems a little muddy to me Got- same thing with the ladies division like mm-hmm. You have some quality people in there, but nothing's necessarily sticking out to me, at least.
0: One thing a guy talked to me about over the weekend, I don't know his name, but a guy at Walmart, too, actually, he did not like the spike in the eye segment with Jericho and Mox just because he said it was so apparent that Jericho hit his head and face rather than his eye. And he said, I understand, and we had to, you know, like, it's wrestling, and we have to pretend that he did. But he said, to me, it was obvious, if you look at it, Ross didn't completely sell it either. He was like, Is that his eye? Was it his eye? He's yeah. like, I don't know. And then Tony was like, Tony at first was like, Oh, yeah, he definitely. And then Tony was like, well, I don't know, Jim. Maybe you're right. Like, I guess I better shut the fuck up because uh, we're not selling it. I mean, my
3: point of this I is. I think Ross's commentary is a whole separate right. side issue to get into. My point of this, though, is. It could have been done as a sweet pre tape. Well, that way you get the angle over. Right. Right. And I mean,. Go. How are you gonna make it look like you're stabbing somebody in the eye in the middle of? The well, game?
0: that's what was my point. Was like you just can't just go throw a friggin' spike and aim for a guy's eye and try to make that. That's hard to do. And I mean, I think if you look at the old Dusty Roads with the Road Warriors thing, it's just what I thought of. They were trying to do. They had him laying down, and it looked like it. And it you know, they're kind of like looked like they're driving into his eye. Obviously they're being careful, but they were very careful how they did but it looked more realistic. You weren't gonna get that you know, that punch thrown, but I don't know.
3: I it's been an issue with AEW is sometimes the things that they go to make look realistic haven't pulled off. Like yeah. the dark order punches in this. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate the spike angle, but I hate it. It obviously but yeah, I knew the guy it was could have was looked more real. Yeah. And there's just ways to do that. Yeah. All right. And that really kind of is it for fan questions this week. Mm -hmm. Like we said, we got Jesse from New Hampshire coming up next. And guys, keep an eye out Thursday for our NWA episode where we've got former NWA champion Tim Storm, current announcer Joe Galli. Mm. And we've got our thoughts on the pay-per-view. So and, tune in uh, Thursday and we'll talk to you then.
0: Oh hold on. Don't forget. Oh. Debut of uh, fellow new podcast working fans, over Sheaf. Oh yeah, Sheaf
3: is in on those interviews too. And yes. you guys will enjoy those interviews probably more than we did that night. <laughs> <laughs> so uh guys, have a good week and we'll talk to you Thursday. Bye. Thank you. Oh yeah. <laughs> Cut a promo for us, bud. This is Jesse from New Hampshire here. And when I'm not making the 531 list
1: i'm actually listening to the podcast this is the working fans podcast
4: we are on the working fans podcast here i have not only my closest friend in actuality but my closest friend in terms of wrestling fan because i think just about just about everything i've seen i've heard i've read i've listened to he's just about on par with just about everything else so, this is Jesse. He is a trophy husband and quite the DILF, I would say. My best friend. Jesse, you want to say hi to the fans?
1: How's it going,
4: guys? There he is. Also known as Jesse from New Hampshire. Also yeah. known as Jesse from New Hampshire. We might edit out government names here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Jesse, I'm trying to think now. Literally, I was just thinking about this the other day, but it's good for context. I feel like the first time we actually did meet, see, uh, Me and Jesse's, a long story short, me and Jesse's families, our uncles, his dad and everything, my aunt, they all knew each other in the 80s before we were born. And Jesse, I don't know how, I guess my uncle must have told me, but the first time I remember, at least I can picture it in my head, at least, I don't know if I can picture it right, my brain's taken a beating over these years. But I feel like the first time I met you, you were wearing a Hardy Boys shirt on the playground at Cohansey School in Waterford, Connecticut, if we can get that deep in the government <laughs> But, and I was like, holy shit, he's got a, a Hardy Boys shirt on everything, too, but then I feel like, too, I mentioned the family stuff, but either way, we kind of had the same connection right off the bat.
1: Yeah, definitely. I was actually gonna say that's how we met. That is it, yeah, okay. I remember that day vividly. We met on the playground. You know, you're like, oh, wow, you got a Hardy Boy shirt on? I was like, yeah, watch any time I can. And at that time, I was like beginning fandom, but I was full bore into it. Like that Hardy Boy shirt, I had a pair of black jeans that matched it. That's right. I I remember that. I was living the the gimmick. So (laughs) any chance I could wear that black jeans and that T-shirt, I did. And that was almost every day, too. Like I had that in a washer almost every day after school just so I could wash it and wear it.
4: Yeah, Matt and Jeff, if you hear this, you had a hell of an influence on two chubby
3: white kids from small-town Connecticut. I just want you guys to know. <laughs> and especially when you're in elementary school and you find somebody else that's a wrestling fan. Oh, yeah. There's a certain amount of time where it's cool, and then it's almost like, oh, man, it's, all, it's you and me that like something now. So you get that more of a connection.
0: <laughs> Not right? to interrupt you guys either, but just... Because that's the one thing i connect on with you like me and aj became friends literally for that reason oh, we were man. wrestling fans in high school been friends now 25 years later right so like yeah
4: yeah and i think too like i was telling you before dave like for my generation our hogan era and everything too i mean people that stopped watching wrestling after hogan they were obviously still in the hogan era same thing with austin so our generation was obviously attitude era this was must have been what jesse i mean no 99 so 98 99 whatever that somewhere in there but obviously yeah the attitude era so everything was booming, huge both shows were friggin on fire so not everybody that you saw is still wrestling fans today but i mean jesse i think still is my closest friend at that point with the family connection obviously too But definitely a point of where, yeah, I can remember a couple other fans like that, but in terms of people that stayed along the whole way, then, yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, I can definitely remember, like, all of elementary school, then partially in the beginning of middle school, that's when everybody died off. And then it was like, "Oh, you guys are still watching that shit? And it's like, well, yeah,
4: I mean, where did you guys go with it? you know yeah and then i got into a little bit before i said before on the show too a little bit before like i said i can't remember my first memory stuff but i don't know i think too it's people that definitely stayed on after the attitude era boom but that's a whole other discussion about that killing people off but yeah yeah i
1: could pinpoint exactly for you guys when i became a fan oh wow when was that all right it was the summer of 2000 actually mind you at this point i have some sort of recollection of wrestling on TV, but I was more into, at the time, and still am, baseball and NASCAR. And like, for toy-wise, I was into like, Matchbox cars, like Power Rangers, Batman figures, and stuff like that. Anyways, I'm over my aunt's one night during the summer, then all of a sudden, her and my cousin are like, oh, wow, it's uh, 9 o'clock, Raw's on. I'm like, wait, what? What's Raw? And they're like, oh, you'll watch. And then they put it on, and I'm like, holy crap, what is this? I've never seen this before. And it was like a Hardy Boys, Edge, and Christian match. And I'm like, this is crazy. Ugh. And ever since then, I've been hooked. And I remember the first pay-per-view I ever watched live was actually that summer, too. It was SummerSlam. You guys can attest to this. That card top to bottom is phenomenal. Right. And that was the first ever pay-per-view I ever saw. And I'm like, wow, this is something I really need to you know, fixate on now instead of, you know,
4: everything else. Yeah, and for me, too, that's, I mean, quality-wise, WF in 2000 was friggin' outstanding, like, the roster and everything. I think one thing, at least, that for 2000 era, like, I don't know, just between, I mean, everybody can kind of agree. I For me, the Attitude era kind of ends at Mania 17 with the Austin turn, but I feel like with the Attitude era, like, 98-99 is it. Once it gets to 2000, you like, the Radicals in there, Austin starts taking more time off, stuff like that. It's definitely not the same it was, like, if you started, like, 98, 99. Well, before
3: we even get into that, let's kind of discuss the gap in fanship we have here. Because Dave's a little older than me, but I'd say we kind of caught on in the Hogan... Mm -hmm. Like early WCW when it was coming over from Crockett Mm -hmm. Promotions Right And you guys are about 10 years younger So (laughs) your Hogan moment would be Brett and kind of early Just before the Attitude Era would I guess For me Hogan the first time I saw Hogan uh, was 95
4: WCW Like before the NWO stuff So did you see him turn heel I mean, not actually as it happened, but I remember, like, the NWO story. Like, like yeah, I remember the whole vague, like, I remember, uh, So you just knew Hogan is a heel? Right, and I mean, I was still young enough. I mean, I, I would have been, like, three, going on four, stuff like that. But I got to a point where I kind of clicked with stuff to be like, oh, shit, like, Razor Ramon and Diesel, like, I just saw them here, that's this. Meanwhile, mm. being a kid growing up, I was renting all sorts of tapes from Blockbuster where I would watch, like, Mania 6... And then later on, I'd watch, like, actual TV, and I'd, like, yeah, i would like, I think it de- should have still been Hogan and Warrior, but I was like, I didn't...
3: I yeah, know you were was, like, deep diving s- at, like, six five. years before that, I Was yeah. like, so I was like, wait, like, what is this guy, like... And, and that's, then, that's crazy, because I remember Hogan turning heel, and that was about when I stopped watching wrestling, because to me, the NWO just got too big, and it just got too messy. And at that time, I also just kind of fell out with wrestling, so it's kind of weird how my falling off with wrestling is where you guys picked up. Now, you had referenced drunkenly at Dodd Stadium one time huh. oh, and on the podcast that you and Jesse used to wrestle in the backyard oh, and Jesus almost cripple each other. Almighty. Eventually, oh, we're yeah, going to get was- Jesse and Chief's grandma, Mary, face-to-face so we can <laughs> <didn't> talk <laughs> about the coming up of the wrestling oh, in the backyard. But tell us a little bit about those times because... You guys almost grew up during the backyard wrestling craze. Right. We did it, but it was no. just stupid as... Oh, you didn't? No, no. I wrestled people. I've pile-driven my brother multiple times. Oh, yeah. He's choked me out. He pile-drove me out of fucking suitcase. We shit did shit wild. like that,
0: yeah. We didn't have, like, cards or anything like that. Or anything but, gee, like yeah. you
3: warned a young, chubby kid at <laughs> Dodd Stadium not to get fucked up and cripple your friends in the backyard. What did you guys do in the backyard? <laughs> Jesse, you want to, I just got to think for it, because I mean, for me, the most
4: memories of it is just fucking, this is like, ECW was on TNN, the FMW
3: tapes mm. are on America, and like, you I'm say that up. like it's normal, like every 8th grader is going to yeah, get an FMW like, tape. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, sure, that's just the shit that
4: was like going on to that point. Where did <laughs> um, you get the FMW tapes? So... I'm gonna let Justice be honest after two, his perspective of it. It was either Suncoast, okay. or Strawberries, one of those. Because I picked
0: of, up uh, one of those FMW, it was the Insane Clown Posse, the Juggalo. The Strangle-, oh, that's yeah, Strangle Mania? Yeah, Strangle Mania, right. Oh, that's the, Which that's annoyed the, the, that's the fuck the, out of AJ, uh, by the
3: way. Uh, what? Uh, he said, he says, oh, to me, we're gonna have oh, words about this. Strangle said, Mania is my high school. Oh, love it. Oh, so
0: he sends it to me, he goes, yeah, all they do is swear. And I'm like, well, so who gives a fuck? And he goes, well, it was very, it's like, it's all they do. And I didn't get it. And then I played it, and I'm like, Oh, yeah, they really do. But I then, it's one of those things like, yeah, right? Pulp fiction. When you, to me, like, I liked it, but then I watched it again, and I fucking liked it. No, more. No, when you watch and the powerbomb
3: where they drop him on his neck, and it goes, eww, back, eww, back. Is that the second one? I don't I know like which the one, the one whole it was. That like
1: the thing with Eric Bischoff, where it just freaking, during the NWO promo, it like oh. rewinds them powerbombing
3: him off the stage.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> the oh, my God. But yeah. yeah, get back to your backyard yeah. wrestling yeah. thing. Oh, we went
4: off no, on sorry, a tangent. Um,
0: yeah.
4: But no, I just remember. <laughs> Chuggalos! Right dog, doing a lot of hardcore shit like that. Like, I, w- I want Jesse to speak his memories. Because his- later on, I had a trampoline, and that didn't last long, and either my mom's or dad's houses, because shit was just so beyond reckless. What was the worst move you guys pulled on each other? Canadian uh, Destroyers? Was, uh, I want Jesse uh, to speak, because we can't keep talking over. I want his
1: perspective first. Back to the FMW thing. This is like when Chief and I first started hanging out. So I'm over at his house, right? And mind you, this is like peak wrestling figure era, too. Oh,
4: yeah. We got to talk about figures after, yeah.
1: I'm bringing over all my wrestling figures, you know. We're playing. We're bullshitting. And then he's like, oh, I got to show you this. And then he puts on FMW. And I'm like, what is this? We're in
4: second, third grade or something.
1: Yeah. I'm like, what is going on here? And I was like, I wasn't really like. I wouldn't say scared, but I was more like uh, oddly weirded out, but still wanted to watch. It was like it was like an R-rated movie that I wasn't supposed to watch, but I kept watching because I knew my dad wasn't there. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's
4: like that first tape I remember getting that May fifth, ninety six show where they got that cactus match and like first watching he was the only guy I recognized and I don't know if I knew who Terry Funk was by that point but he was on the he was on the main event so I'm like oh that's Cactus Jack that's cool ten minutes later he gets thrown through like glass and barbed wire, and I'm like this is the goddamn craziest fucking shit my grandma is watching with me going what the my grandma she was like around my grandparents that's all that we'll get her on the show but that she was like the killer Kowalski Bruno era The attitude that enough for her was like Howard Stern, she's seeing motherfuckers getting put through glass and shit. No wonder she was fucking swigging Captain Morgan like
3: that. She's a goddamn saint to watch people go through glass and be like, oh this is good for the youngin. Yeah. Wow. So either what you, <laughs> yeah, so my dad will not watch two Japanese guys beat the fuck out of each other. And he's you down for that? Uh, takes him back, probably to <laughs> a place he doesn't want to be. Get him,
4: Tojo. <laughs> <laughs> so Je- Jesse, uh, all right, so another thing you mentioned, there's the figures. That was a big thing we bonded over too. I mean, like you guys had like what well, back for like LJN Hasbro stuff back. Like I had, I'm talking crazy figureheads. I, like you know. right. I had the big rubber fucking dudes. I see. I had the shitty
3: ones that you'd push the back down and they jump. Yeah. But then they morphed into the slightly all right ones.
1: Mm.
3: You buy that? Yep, the old Hasbros. And, I mean, I had a bunch of wrestling figures. Scott had a ton so, of them.
4: My, um, my neighbor was an elderly woman. She grew up in that same neighborhood. Or not grew up, but either way, lived in the same neighborhood next to where my grandma's house is. Her grandson, when I was growing up a wrestling fan, had a bunch of old Hasbros. And I I don't know. I must have been maybe, like, I don't know, four or five or something. And they gave me a huge fucking bag of them and shit with a ring and stuff. So I was, meanwhile, I played two. This was, like... I don't know after too when they started making ladders for figures and all this crazy yeah. shit, and I'm like, oh, here's a Roddy Piper. You fucking press him and he jumps halfway across the room. all mm.
3: Yeah, those... I'm like, what the frick is this? Like, but yeah, that's funny how like some of our early wrestling figures were hand me downs because I got one from my cousin. R.I.P. Mike Miller. But it was the old Road Warriors. Ooh. I don't know if it was an old AWA, AWA one. They had it, AWA had like a a, it had to was be the, the Yeah, Jesse knows. It had like the squishy head, but like the solid body oh, yeah. where you can That's move AWA. the arms. And I remember, I didn't even know that he was a wrestling fan, but... I had Hawk and Animal from the time I was, like, four or five. Yeah, if, mm-hmm. you, were a
4: rest- if you were a kid like that, you didn't have them, you're fucking up, no. <laughs>
3: so but what you- are your, like, what are your most memorable toys between the two of you from your whole time? Like, uh, what's me- the pride?
1: I remember getting my first wrestling figure. I was at Toys R Us with my dad, mm. and there was a Triple H on the shelf. Because <laughs> back then, besides the Hardy Boys, like, Triple H was, like, the end-all, be-all. That was my guy. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting a Triple H and he came at a table, and all I did was keep on setting up Triple H on top of the TV and letting him fall right through the table. And I did that freaking a hundred times, and I was the happiest kid ever. And we so were eight years old.
4: <laughs> and we were just talking about this that Triple H, it didn't even look like Triple H, it looked like friggin' Jerry Lynn in the face. <laughs> what the heck is yeah. this about? It looked,
1: it looked like a smoked out Jerry Lynn clean. <laughs>
4: What Jerry Lynn be smoking though.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Something definitely
4: that's (laughs) not good for his lungs. But um I don't know, for me, the first two figures I remember having, I guess those W C W like the bulky ones, like like the Sting and the Vader, I remember those were like my first ones, so it was a lot fun. But then after I'd have to say like like the later W W F ones where they started making like tables and ladders and shit, like the Hardy's all that, the E C W figures were fun, like yeah. Having a Sabu action figure. They ever make you a New a... Jack action figure? Yeah, and I remember Yes, they did. Wow.
1: If you guys ever listen to um, Hawkins and Riders Wrestling Figure Podcast, there's like a few different New Jack ones because Hawkins Ooh. is a big ECW guy, if you guys didn't know that. And he has, I think, every single variant and every single figure ever made from ECW. And the last person he needs to complete his autograph collection... As New Jack, and he
4: can't ever see New Jack because when the hell is New Jack gonna show up to a TV taping? Yeah, where's his NXT managerial run? You know what's funny is, can you imagine New Jack
3: Jack in the Street Profits? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh God. They have New
4: Jack
0: dolls, but Al Snow's the only doll that was ever banned from Walmart.
4: The head. The head.
0: The head. Yeah.
4: I remember. uh,
0: It's gonna cause people to want to beat their wives, apparently. (laughs)
4: Right. Yeah. Uh. I think for now, I got one. I got a couple old ones from Jesse's Game. Some, me and Jesse have gone back and forth with so many of them over the years. It's like we got joint custody of them. <laughs> but there's one that I have um, where it's like... Um, there's a. I bought this, I don't know, maybe like... I can't even remember. Sometime in the last 10 years. But there, I got a Hayabusa figure in the box. What? Ugh. I paid about like 60?
3: How like? many yen? You paid yen? <laughs> yeah,
4: right. But it was like
1: sixty or seventy
4: bucks. Mm-hmm. They're more expensive whole...
1: now, if you guys are wondering. They're upwards of like eighty to hundred or more. Yeah, the
4: Japanese figure community. You don't know a uh, friggin' you don't know beauty till you see a friggin' Jushin Liger statuette. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, have it? I don't know. Oh, uh, the Hayabusa, I have. It's oh okay. I bought, But um, yeah, it's pretty sick. They make a bunch of them when you look at too. They make some really cool shit. But yeah, that's probably the most one that's like prized, I guess.
3: Now moving but. from your guys' childhood to growing up. You mentioned Jesse as being instrumental in bringing the belts into the BBPL. Right. Jesse, what was kind of your thoughts about the early BBPL, and what made you think about introducing belts?
1: Well, I remember, like, our friendship at the time, it wasn't really strained, but it was kind of removed. Like, it was a little bit after high school. I was coming up to New Hampshire a lot before I eventually moved up here. You know, I'd come, you know, I'd be at the house or i'd be up here and whatnot anyways go over to chiefs and he's like yeah we play beer pong every weekend now and i'm like oh well yeah i mean i played beer pong all the time in new hampshire so he's like yeah we kind of set it up like you know like oh we face this person you face that person kind of like a tournament and then you know we kind of work like almost like a wrestling aspect on it and i'm like oh all right so then we started doing that and then. I remember, I can't remember exactly, but I'm like, oh, we should, you know, I still have belts, like the foam jack specific ones from back in the day. I'm like, I have those, we should play for those so we can crown champions and all that. I'm not sure exactly that's how it went, but I want to say that's, because there was a lot of, back then and still now, there was a lot of beers and a lot of stuff smoked, so I can't really remember exactly what the conversation was.
4: Yeah, all we were smoking were crushed up TNA DVDs. You know, but, but no... um uh, We'll thing, get we'll get to the hell ride from think, uh, a couple Christmases ago eventually. <laughs> one thing I want to touch on, though, at least... I mean, I know Jesse wasn't a big WC. I, Jesse wasn't a WC guy at all, at least then, too, towards the end of things. Wow. But one thing I want to oh, touch on... Oh, towards the end
3: of things. I forget what well, WCW
4: general, you guys had. Right. At least being a fan after things, discovering new stuff. It wasn't until, like, I would say... And the middle, like seventh, eighth grade, when TNA started popping off big, and like started seeing indie oh, yeah, stuff. Holy shit. Yeah, you couldn't have. We couldn't have got through two thousand five without AJ Styles.
1: I'll say it like that. Two thousand five <laughs> TNA, I will put up against a lot of different years of WWE, and you can't show me like better cards, better pay per views. I mean, it's arguable because it's a mix of like WWE, WCW has been trying to like put together good stuff, but to me, it's TNA 2005,
3: it's the gold. Right. Now, Jesse, previously on a podcast, I had told a story about you trying to buy or you wanting to buy a UWF belt, and uh, I botched there. the story to no end. Can you tell the full story Is and the one just... in Philly? Oh, it's the one in Philly. Oh, man. All right, so, let me backtrack a little bit. Let <laughs> me... We-
1: when we knew we were going to Philly for the Wrestling Icons convention at the 2300 Arena, the former ECW Arena, I told Chief, I said, if we're going to this convention, I think I'm finally going to pull the trigger and buy a replica belt. And he's like, yeah, I mean, you should totally do it. I mean, you know, you could probably find one that's inexpensive, or not. I'm like, well, shit, you know, let's see what, what goes on. So we get there and we're looking at all the different tables, mind you. This convention is wild. Not only the people there, like A to Z, you can name like crazy different wrestlers that are there, but like the guys that are selling old wrestling figures for cheap and all that. So I come across this one vendor, it's actually a couple vendors, and they've got like old autograph, like cauliflower ollie autograph pictures of different guys and all that. And I'm like, oh wow, this is kind of nuts. Then over to the side, you have a replica NWA TV title and a oh. WF TV title and I'm like, wow. So I asked the guy I'm like, so what's the prices on these? And he told me. I think one was like 360 and the other one was like 400 I couldn't tell you which one was which. I thought it was, anyway.
4: I thought it was but, the actual belt though, not the replica, right? Wasn't it the actual title itself?
1: It, it looked like it. I mean, the way it was aged.
4: Yeah, I think I'm it was...
1: Like, I'm I don't like, know. this could have been TV like, this could have been like
4: NWA used. But anyways... Yeah, I think sorry. it was the NW one because it was the red strap. I feel like that was the actual title, but I don't know for sure, though. But what, Sorry, what were you saying?
1: So anyways, the guy comes up that's that owns the belt because he was off doing whatever the fuck, and his buddy goes, oh yeah, this guy wants to buy the belt off of you, and this guy, mind you, looks like a freaking one of the Dawson brothers from NWA Power.
4: Right. <laughs> I remember and, that, yeah. And...
1: In my best impression of him, he's like, "Oh, thank fuck, brother." Yeah. God, he almost kind of sounded like Jim Cornette, but a yeah, little bit higher. He, he was so he
0: appreciative.
1: Yeah. He's like, Oh He's like, oh, goddamn, thank, you, brother." He's like, "Hell yeah!" You're gonna buy this guy off me, Oh, Thank you, thank you. And this guy's like shaking my—I don't even know this guy—and he's shaking <laughs> yeah. my hand. Yeah. And he's like hugging me, <laughs> right. and he's like, "The belt yours, the belt yours." You got the cash, and I cash in hand, right, right to give to him and everything, and. I'm like, all right, man, let's see this thing. And he goes, all right, but the only thing is this. And he picks up the belt, and he folds back the main plate. The main plate's only half on. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, whoa. And he goes, what, what? He goes, all you have to do is super glue it or uh... <laughs> He's like, you got to super glue it. Yeah. You got to tack it back on. Like, you got to tack, tack it back on, like, weld it. I'm like, whoa. That's
4: <laughs> right. You
3: just like, got to oh, weld it.
1: Feel. I'm like, no deal. He goes, oh man, are you kidding me? Mind you, this guy had my fucking cast already in his hand.
3: Mm -hmm. And I'm holding the belt. And I'm like, no, no,
1: we are not doing this. I'm like, I'm sorry. And at that point, I'm thinking, all right, that UWF belt is mine. I mean, that one's a little bit beat up. But I'm like, I can't pass on that. Then once I realized that one was signed by one man gang, I'm like, oh, well, shit. (laughs) I mean, I didn't really want any of them. And those are the only two belts that were for sale there. So the guy was really bummed out that, you know, I didn't want to buy it. And I'm surprised he actually gave me my fucking money back. <laughs> if not, one of those Philly police guys that were walking around with have fucking known about it. But anyways.
3: Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't get carnied out of that money. You almost got fucked there. Right. Yeah, I was yeah. with him. I remember that.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, because I was, I was infatuated with it. I'm like, holy shit, I'm like. I could tote around this fucking belt like a Mar Anderson, Tully Blanchard. I'm like, I am fucking... At this point, too, I'm like, I'm all revved up on the day, too, because I saw this belt. We walked by Tony Atlas, I'm wearing a Stone Cold shirt, and Tony Atlas is going, what? 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 <laughs> and he's trying to... And Tony Atlas is trying to con me out of a fucking uh, 5 dollar picture with him. That's how cheap it was, I think. It was like five bucks to get a picture with Tony Atlas. My like, god damn, I'm like no bud, thanks.
3: Nah, that's yeah, not I'm a right. bad picture considering okay,
1: Anyway anyways I ended up getting a T shirt from some random guy and then I ended up getting pictures of like Scott Steiner and the Steiner brothers and Terry Funk. But all in all it was a good convention.
3: Nice. Mm-hmm. Now we haven't brought it I don't think we brought it up yet, but you're actually a dad and What is it like to be a dad and a wrestling fan? Do you think your son's going to get into wrestling? Are you going to try and kind of push him towards it? Is there going to be any wrestling that you're like, ah, we don't watch that shit here? Mm. Well,
1: I got to backtrack a little bit. My wife, it doesn't matter
0: what I put on for wrestling. Oh, you're watching this again? And I have to explain (laughs) to her, no, this is
1: new. Like for example, every week Tuesday, six oh five, NWA Power, watching on YouTube. It's amazing. I'll put it on Tuesday nights, and she's like, "Oh, you're watching this again? How many times have you seen this?" I'm like, "How many times do I have to tell you, honey?" <laughs> NWA Power. It's new it <laughs> every single week, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh." She goes, "Well, how long is it?" I'm like, "An hour, just like every, just like last week and the week before that."
4: Oh, okay. I told uh, him he's on the power. This theme is episode. going
0: on our NWA theme week right I there. Am. A the audio power themed well, it's definitely I am, power-themed episode. Tell my wife with, to shut
1: up. <laughs> with um, NXT, I would definitely say it's probably... Those are probably the top two shows going right
3: now. Yeah, I mean, we're actually going to include your interview. We just interviewed Tim Storm, and we're about to interview Joe Galley tonight. So it's really uh, opportune it's that you're been, uh, kind of putting over NWA. Yeah, I
1: mean... It's like I said, it's arguably the best show up against NXT. I'm not really high on AEW anymore, but I think that's a conversation that uh, I, I'm better suited to have with Jim Cornette than
3: anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a legitimate father, yeah. <laughs> well, goddamn. But uh, God what, is, what is kind of your son gravitating towards at this moment? And like, what have you had him watch? Like, has he watched The Dome Show yet?
1: Well, with. With um, his early months, because he's only a year and a half old, with his early months, if he'd wake me up in the middle of the night and he needed a bottle, like this is like two or three months in, and he'd keep me up like early hours of the morning, like 2 to 4 a.m. around there, I'd throw on the WWE Network and be like, all right, bud, if you're keeping me up, then we're going to watch some. And I'd throw on like random ECW pay-per-views, random NWA pay-per-views, you know. <laughs> And, you know, he'd sit there just because of the movement and the colors and all that. But, you know, I'd throw that on. I mean, sometimes I'd watch him, if I have, like, YouTube on, and if I'm watching, like, a shoot clip or something, which he shouldn't really be watching, honestly, to shoot clips because they swear a lot. But he'd sit on the floor and watch that. I mean, he'll if he's awake, he'll watch, like, NXT and all that. He'll sit on the floor and watch it. He's actually inherited, like, a lot of chief and ice figures from when we were kids and, you know... He kind of plays
4: with them, you know, kind of chews on them, whatever. This past Christmas... Chewing on Benoit. <laughs> <laughs> there's Just
3: a Benoit one. figure? <laughs> there's tons of them. Uh, there's there's uh, a Joe, dozen. Oh, yeah. Hey, the kids got to get Joe, revenge, right? Take Joe, one back for that's the youngins. That's,
1: that's a rabbit hole you don't want to go down, Joe, believe
3: me. <laughs> oh, we yeah, I've opened the door on this podcast, <laughs> and I've been told to shut the, the fuck up. W- Benoit action <laughs> figures, yeah,
4: there's dozens, but...
3: Uh,
1: but yeah, um, this past Christmas, Sheaf actually got him a couple of bleacher creatures. They're kind of like the old wrestling buddies, but smaller. Oh, wow. And they're like plush toys. And he got a Finn Balor and Rey Mysterio. Mm. And that's probably his two favorite Mattel figures, too, that I've bought him. Like, for some reason, he likes... I think it's like he gravitates to, like, stuff that's orange. And the Rey Mysterio I got him was is, like, WCW-era Rey Mysterio. And he's all in all-orange gear and yeah he just he likes those he plays around with those but other than that i mean he'll pretty much watch whatever's on tv which is kind of scary because his at this point his brain's like a sponge hmm. so whatever i put on and watch for tv and he's around he's gonna watch it but yeah he's he's pretty much seen it all already i don't know if he can recollect it or be able to recollect it when he's older but yeah he's seen some uh pretty
3: iconic matches already. <laughs> Can we put <laughs> Jesse on with Joe Little uh, Jax from New Hampshire is going to be in his kindergarten classes telling kids about Hayabusa. Like, hey, have you seen the great oh, yes. Sasuke? This guy jumps in a barrel and just crushes guys.
1: He's going to be telling kids about Chris Benoit. Oh, and
3: man. All that. <laughs> 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 That'll go over well in a six-year-old, seven-year-old classroom. Hmm. Oh,
1: yeah, because those... Those kids that left wrestling in middle school when Chief and I were still watching it every week, I'd be like, oh yeah, that's the guy that killed himself and his family and all that. I used to watch him versus Chris Jericho in the ladder match and all that.
3: That's wild that that's going to be Benoit's legacy when he was such a good worker. But obviously, if you go out of life on that note, I mean, it's going to be a stain on you.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of fans like to focus on what he did at the end of his life. Then there's a lot more fans that like to focus on the actual worker and the actual, you know, character and all that. Like, I still find myself enjoying, like, his WWE stuff. I'll put on, like, his Japan stuff once in a while, especially his ECW stuff. I mean, the guy broke Sabu's neck. Yeah,
3: that was crucial. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty nuts. Uh, one of many necks. Apparently. I
0: actually remember watching that with AJ. I mean, yeah, that's got... one
1: of my earliest ECW yeah. memories. I remember watching like a videotape of Chiefs probably. and <laughs> like They just replayed over and over. like Sabu just getting dropped on his head
3: damn well yeah, was the last time jesse we hate to wrap this up so early we're gonna have you again on the show but is there anything do you want to plug where to find you on twitter or anything to the people
1: all right i'm on twitter at jesse from nh23 i'm also on facebook i mean you can have me on facebook but i don't usually talk I'm wrestling too much on facebook
3: yeah I'm don't on... blow up your shit people come on <laughs> that's right yeah
1: Facebook's usually just for the family now, so they can see pictures of Jackson, but I'm on Instagram, I post once in a while, I'm always sharing a bunch of different pictures from a bunch of different people, Instagram's like, besides Twitter, it's got to be like the forefront of wrestling fans now, with all the different pictures and videos that people share, it's mind-blowing what you can see on Instagram compared to Twitter.
4: honestly.
1: Twitter's more of people bitching about wrestling and talking about it instagrams more people sharing pictures and memories and videos that's
3: right well excellent we're glad to have you on and excellent man you did great buddy we're gonna have
2: have you on again